Today's scripture reading comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 14, verses 13 to 21. When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me, he said. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up twelve basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about 5,000 men, besides women and children. This is the word of God. Amen. Thank you, Brother Andy, for that amazing scripture reading. Uh, Pastor Dave, for leading us in worship. Uh, So blessed. Thank you so much. Praise the Lord. Good morning, New Mercy. Great to see you guys. Great to be with you today. I cannot believe... It is, yes, the first Sunday of May, and we're still in the same situation. God have mercy on us. But I, I absolutely believe this will, also be, this will also pass. So let's continue to hope and pray and uh, continue to stay focused on the Lord. I hope everybody is doing well. Um, miss you guys. Uh, and once again, I just pray that this season will pass. Thank you for... Uh, joining us today, whether you're a member of New Mercy or just stopping by on this platform and worshiping with us, we welcome you, a warm welcome on behalf of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here at New Mercy, we started a new sermon series two weeks ago. Pastor John launched us. uh, It's Meeting Jesus, uh, Encounters That Transform. We're looking at different stories and narratives from the Gospels uh, where Jesus meets people or encounters people and how there's uh, different types of transformation that, that takes place. And really, it shows us the heart of God, how God is really for us, for people. And we want to glean different truths from these narratives, these stories of Jesus. Uh, For our sermon today, our text today, uh, comes from uh, Matthew 14, and this is the very famous, well-known story of feeding of the 5,000. You know, out of all the miracles, there are a lot of miracles. Jesus is a lot of miracles. Uh, For me personally, this is one of my favorite miracles of all time. Uh, I wish I was there. Uh, Seriously, 2,000 years ago, if I was there, this is one thing I would love to have seen. How did he take five bread, two fish, and feed 5,000 men, right? Probably about 15,000 people, women and children. How did, the, how did it happen? Did it like, he prayed and there's like 20,000 baskets up here or um, just same five bread and two fish and as he's kind of, you know, ripping it out, like unlimited buffet and what, what the heck, how did it happen? I would love to have been there. Uh, but it's one of those, gospel stories also is very significant because in the bible you know there are four gospels matthew mark luke and john and actually it's so interesting because this is the only miracle of jesus only work miracle of jesus 
that is written in all four Gospels. There was only one miracle that is shared in all four Gospels, and it's the feeding of the 5,000. So even from a biblical standpoint, there is significant. There must be a reason why God placed only this miracle in four of the Gospels. Uh, so today, as we uh, just briefly study through uh, this passage, my prayer is that, that the Lord will really encourage us, that the Lord will take this miracle story, feeding on the 5,000, uh, and speak His truth, His word, His presence over us in our situation, in our context. I know this pandemic, this, this, this thing never seems like ending. I know day by day, week by week, people feel different, up and down. But may the Lord really breathe His truth, His hope uh, into our context as we look at this passage today. So today, just uh, again, three, three points, three hopefully truths that could encourage us. Number one, number one is the compassion of Jesus Christ. Uh, the context of the story is so interesting because uh, the passage right before Matthew 14, 13 is the beheading of John the Baptist. Uh, you know, John the Baptist was a close friend of Jesus. He was a cousin of Jesus, and they grew up together. They loved each other. Uh, and Jesus hears the story that John martyred, right? John is martyred, and he dies. And, you know, Herod cuts off his head, beheading, and he passes away. So Jesus is crushed. And uh, verse 13 today, we see that when this happened, Jesus heard the story, then uh, he withdrew uh, privately on a boat. And he probably is grieving, he's, he's hurting, he's, he's praying. Uh, but what happens is the crowd, you know, again, thousands of people, they don't leave Jesus alone. So the crowd follows him and they find Jesus and again, once again, uh, the crowd just overwhelms Jesus. You know, if I was Jesus Christ, I'd be like, guys, not today. Not today, guys. My best friend passed away. You know, uh, John the Baptist passed away. I can't do this. Tomorrow, come back tomorrow, I'll be ready. Give me just one day, maybe to recoup. You know, a very inconvenient time, very uh, difficult time. But you know, uh, today the passage and what starts this whole miracle story is what? Verse 14 says what? Still when Jesus saw the crowd, he had compassion on them. He had compassion on them. And he healed their sick. Just incredible, incredible passage. Incredible passage. And you know, this is the heart of God. This is the compassionate heart of our Father. God has compassion on us. You know, compassion is one of those things, I think, a very Christian-y word, right? Biblical word. But also, I think it's a very challenging word. It's a very difficult word. Because for me, um, you know, when I think about compassion, I would love to be more compassionate. But it's so hard, isn't it? I can't generate feelings at times, I feel like. I can't feel a certain way. I want to be more empathetic, more compassionate. But it's really difficult. And I think that's the, that's the exact point here. Uh, human compassion does not measure up uh, to God's compassion. God's compassion, Jesus' compassion, is far grander, far greater than we could ever uh, imagine. Uh, even the word itself, the Greek word that is used throughout the Gospels, the word compassion, there are different ways to describe things like empathy and compassion, but there's a specific word that is used only to describe Jesus' compassion. And it's a descriptive word that talks about 
there's something inside our, our human organs ripping apart. It's, it's a painful word, and that's, that's what God's compassion is. So when he saw the crowd, even though this wasn't the best timing, Jesus had compassion on them. You know, when we think about our context again, uh, I know that uh, this is a challenging time. Uh, this difficult moment, difficult season. Some of us were losing jobs, we're getting pay cuts. We see our family members getting sick and uh, not, a, not an easy season. And yet I wonder, I wonder, um, maybe even some of you feel like you feel that God is far. God is not answering or um, perhaps you're not really sensing the presence of God per se. But I want us to, I want you to um, really be reminded you know, God, He is merciful God. God has compassion over His people. And I believe that. I believe that. I, I believe that. That He is looking at us in our context, in our season. And He still is a compassionate Father. When we say the Lord is compassionate, uh, I think there are a couple of things we could talk about. Number one is that um, Jesus is compassionate because He always has us first and foremost uh, that those things that are good for us in mind, right? He's the only one who stands on our behalf. You know, today, when the disciples come and say, Lord, it's getting late, you know, it's getting dark, send them home. These, this crazy 5,000, 10,000, 15,000 people, there's no way we could feed them, people are getting hungry, send them home. Uh, and you know what? Logically, reasonably, that was the right answer. Yeah, send them home. It's done, God. I mean, you're tired also, you're, you just lost your best friend, send them home. But you know what the, the extension of the compassion of God is? He says, no, you feed them. What's Jesus doing? You know what he's doing? He is standing on our behalf. You know, God does not quit on us. When everyone else might say, no, time, time's up, go away from me, get away from me, come back tomorrow. You know. This text really teaches us that Jesus does not quit. He's the one who's going to defend us. He's, gonna, he's the one who's going to stand up for us, our needs. He's going to fight for us. And that's the extension of his compassion. I think the second way uh, that we see the compassion of God different from our compassion is, uh, again, once again, the, this occasion was crazy, isn't it? It was a very inconvenient time, intrusion almost of the crowd. I mean, really, give me a break. If you just lost somebody, you can definitely say, come back tomorrow, but God doesn't. You know why? Because our Lord's compassion, it always trumps any kind of inconvenience. God's compassion always trumps over any type of inconvenience. That's the heart of God. Because why? Because people were always first. For Jesus Christ, people were always first. That's right. That's it. And this is, I hope that this truth is, it can encourage us today. That you know, in the eyes of God, you are first. In the eyes of God, He values you. He values us and you are first. He defends you. He's fighting for you. He's, he's telling people, no, you provide. And God coming after us and providing for us and leading us. And that's the heart of God. I pray for uh, strengthening uh, as we think about His compassion over us. Uh, second truth that uh, I felt really encouraged through this 
passage, which I've read over and over so many times, I feel like, um, is the obedience piece. Obedience piece. Uh, again, impossible situation, very challenging, difficult context. Uh, thousands of people and Jesus asking his disciples, I want you to feed them. There's no way. And just logically, reasonably, it does not make sense. We cannot provide God. We don't have the money or the means or there's no places open. There's no way. Impossible situation. But yet, usually, often, it's those impossible, intense situations where God asks for simple obedience. Isn't it true? It's usually those most difficult, challenging moments when God asks for a simple obedience. And today we see the disciples. Uh, by the way, this story being told in all four Gospels, you could, you could find different truths, different facts, different details from the other Gospels. And we see the disciples uh, going out and looking for food, even though in their heads it did not make sense, but they still obey. And obedience is, is basically submitting, it's submission. And they submit to Jesus. It doesn't make sense to us, God. We think we should send them home. But because you say so, they go and look for food. Uh, in the book of John, one of the details that we see is that a little boy is mentioned. There was a little boy who had five barley loaves of bread and two fish. In the description, of barley uh, means that it was poor man's food. So probably like a poor little child. Uh, giving up his lunch, his dinner. Uh, and we see the second obedience of the boy, again, submitting his lunch to Jesus Christ. Um, you know, one thing about Christian obedience is usually uh, it's obedience that paves the way for greater things. Uh, that's one truth that I, I've learned over my, my Christian journey. It's the small things, the small obediences. Those are the things, those are the moments that opens up doors for greater things. There's, there's a connection. There's a real connection. God somehow va values obedience. And when we are obedient, it opens up doors, opens up greater, paves the way for greater things. And today we see that from the disciples. Clearly, they did not agree. Clearly, it was an impossible situation. But they go out. And they look for food. This little boy, I don't know what he was thinking. He gives up his lunch. He submits, he obeys. And that paved the way for the, one of the greatest miracles we've ever seen. But you know, also, if you take this a little bit further, um, I think the, one of the power verses of, of this text and often missed is, uh, is, it comes from verse 18 and 19. There's this, just crazy powerful moment where Jesus actually takes this barley loaves of bread and two fish and the detail cannot be missed. It says, taking five loaves and the two fish, looking up to heaven, and you know what he did? He gave thanks. The Bible says he took it, he gave thanks, then he broke it. Uh, the detail cannot be missed. You know what Jesus is doing? Jesus is taking even the smallest things, and he's valuing it. He actually is giving thanks to God. In some sense, I think that was, that's another picture of obedience that we see in this passage. 
Jesus is also submitting and obeying the small things that these disciples gave up, the boy gave up. He's submitting it to God by giving thanks and breaking it and acknowledging that, Lord, you're still in control. You are able. The obedience will pave a way for a greater move of God. And God delivers. And once again, we see the greatest miracles of all time. Wow, I love to have seen this. Right? How, can, how did God multiply? How did this actually happen? I want to know the details. I don't know the details. So obedience. Uh, then uh, the last truth or encouragement that I want to share from this text today is um, whenever God works, whenever God moves, there's always fulfillment. There's always filling. There's always overfilling. Um, today, once again, possibly 15,000 people and five loaves, two fish, and Jesus fills, feeds 15,000 people. And scripture says what? There are leftovers. There are 12 baskets full of leftover food. Uh, when you study this passage and different commentators write about the 12 baskets left over, uh, they uh, say symbolically this 12, um, very specific number given, uh, connects to the Old Testament, right? The Old Testament, there are 12 tribes. So it's describing how Jesus is somehow connected to Moses or, or the, the forefathers, and he's a fulfillment of the prophecy. You know, that's why there are 12 basketfuls left because there are 12 tribes of Israel. Uh, yes, amazing truth and insight. But you know, when I read this, when I, when I read it, the 12 baskets left, uh, simply for me, I think it's perhaps Jesus had 12 baskets left because there were 12 disciples. The disciples who doubted him in the beginning, who questioned him. And imagine that night, each disciple is taking a basket, leftover basket full of food to their homes, to their family, to their friends. You think they'll ever forget this miracle? I don't think so. And they're reminded, oh my gosh, our God, my God, is not just a God that does miracles, but whenever he moves, there's overflow. There's filling, there's abundance. Now God moves in abundance. And that's the same God who wants to work in our lives, especially, especially in difficult situations, impossible situations, illogical situations, unreasonable situations. When God begins to move, He will often move in overflow. He will fill it. He's going to make it overflow and provide abundantly. Uh, and I pray for that. I pray for that uh, as we struggle through, hang in there <laughs> during this season. And perhaps some of you, again, once again, you're, you're, you're doubting, you're challenged, you're discouraged. Uh, I pray for the abundant, abundant presence of God come upon you in your homes. And may we experience the 12 baskets that are left over. Uh, may the Lord speak to us. You know, a um, few weeks later, there's another occasion in the Bible that talks about uh, Jesus breaking bread. And when you look at that passage, which is the Last Supper, uh, the same wording is used. It's incredible. It says, He took bread, He gave thanks, and He broke the bread. The exact same uh, sentence structure as this passage. And 
that last occasion, the last supper, um, is an occasion where Jesus reminds us, you know, at the end of the day, the true filling, the true food, the true bread is me. And Jesus breaks bread and reminds us that ultimately true fulfillment can only come through my body and my blood. And I think that's where I want to end today. Uh, You know, ultimately, this story of the miracle of feeding of the 5,000 is a great, great miraculous story. But yet the point, the point cannot be about the miracle itself. The point is about Jesus because he is the ultimate bread. He is the ultimate fulfiller. And only in him and through him, we will be filled and full. And I want us to, um, I want us to end there today, uh, thinking about again about Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, He is a compassionate God. Jesus, is, His heart is breaking over us, and I, I believe that. I believe that, especially those who are going through difficult situations and anxiety and worry and concern. That God is with you. He's going to, He's fighting for you. He's defending you. Uh, but these occasions also gives us an opportunity for obedience big or small and big ways. And God never ever neglects the small obediences because obediences usually paves the way for greater things to come. And lastly, trust in His abundance and filling that will come from Him. Um, so I pray for that. I thank you for, uh, for everybody for joining us today. And as we continue to pray, Uh, Together, may the Lord's presence warmly uh, shower you uh, this coming week. So can we pray? Let's end in prayer. Father, we thank you so much for uh, this morning as we worship together as a body of Christ. Father, you are a good, good Father. And we, we choose, Father, this morning once again to place our hope in you. We choose, Father, willfully open our hearts to connect with you, to rest in you. So Holy Spirit, will you move? Father, will you encourage, will you strengthen? Will you give us peace? Will you give us joy? And we fix our eyes on you again. So we thank you so much for this community. Father, your people, help us to always, always, Father, I'll never ever forget um, who you are, your presence over us. And be reminded of the great body that was broken for us that can only fill us at the end of the day father so we look to you we turn to you we thank you in jesus name we pray amen amen